Hello, friends, and welcome to the Point of Hope podcast. My name is Steve, and this broadcast is brought to you by the Point of Hope Apostolic Church in Indianapolis, Indiana, where brighter days begin. Today, we're continuing in our series, Kingdom Principles, and leading our study today is the senior pastor of Point of Hope, Mr. Stephen Gossage. Pastor, welcome. What can you teach us today? Thank you, Steve. We are back into our Kingdom Principles series. We are doing lesson, or rather part two, of our lesson talking about humility. And today, I want to talk about the the enemy of humility, which is pride. Mm. And I want to talk about the three places from which pride generates from. Um, I got a couple scriptures here, Proverbs 16 and 18. It says, Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before fall. Proverbs 29 and 23 says, A man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. So we know, and we've been talking about humility and how it's important, and uh, last week in our podcast, we talked about the importance of humility in the child of God and how it was defined and uh, how that we can define it and what we should do or what place that we should get in its uh, being intentional on, on pushing the paradigm of prideful back into humility. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a good conversation. I really appreciated that. But today, this week, we're going to talk about uh, a pride a little bit at the beginning, and then we'll kind of kind of uh, converse through on on uh, putting this to bed, as it were, with regards to how we should be. So, but we got to ad- address pride on what it is, and so we want to talk about the three places where pride generates from right off the bat. Number one, where pride generates from, pride comes from Satan. Uh, Paul wrote to Timothy uh, in the first epistle. He said about his uh, 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 qualifications of a bishop, he mentioned this. He said, there is a danger of inexperience among uh, young and new ministers, and and I'm paraphrasing. And he was talking about that these young ministers would swell up in pride and they would fall into condemnation. And he wrote in 1 Timothy 3 and 6, he says, not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. I've heard a noted apostolic preacher once preached a message called Hell's Trophy Case. And in the message, he observed that pride is one of Satan's primary tools for conquering us, not just souls, but conquering us as uh, Christians. So it's easy to succumb to the praise and the laud of people. As a minister, uh, I'm glad that people can can freely come up to me and say thank you for that word today after a service, and, and I do appreciate that. But by and large, it's not about me. And uh, I want them to know that what you received was all the word, and it was all God. Everybody wants to be admired on some level, accepted, honored, whatever you want to say it, because it appeals to our flesh. John admonished the church in 1 John 2 and 16. He said, For all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it is of the world. So in other words, lust and pride grow out of the system of the world and from the influence of the God of this world, which is Satan. Mm Mm-hmm. We as believers must constantly guard against intrusion and the arrogance that wants to get into our lives. Satan will consistently attempt to draw us away through worldly attractions and pleasures. He appeals to the flesh. However, as mankind, we should not love, and as Christians, we should not love the world's systems. We need to, why? Why do we not love that? Because it fosters fleshly lust and pride. Mm -hmm. 
And it's counterculture to godly humility. And so Satan attempted to in vain to appeal to the fleshly desires of Jesus. In fact, the scripture said in Matthew chapter 4, and it was a feeble effort feeble <laughs> to tempt him. Oh, yeah. And so as demonstrated in the temptation of Christ, the very nature of Satan's allurements are based in sinful pride. But Jesus steadfastly rebukes Satan three times by saying, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. It is written. It is written. It is written. He used the word against him. So we just need to understand that the first place where pride comes from is from the devil. All right? Wasn't that what got him booted? I mean. Okay, well, so that's what I was just getting ready to say. Uh, So Lucifer who was the archangel of praise in heaven, according to Isaiah, he said this, that I will ascend to the the most high, or as the most high. And he said, I will, I will, and he talked about ascending. That's, That's something that is based out of pride. And so the very essence of Satan is pride. So that's something that we need to... That ought to prick your heart right there. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. The second place where pride comes from, we I don't think that we should always blame Satan for everything. Um, you know, we, it's the proverbial adult <laughs> saying the dog ate my homework yeah. kind of thing. We The second thing that pride comes from is our fallen nature. It's our fallen nature of mankind. Yep. Disguised as a serpent, Satan tempted Eve in the garden. He hoped to arouse her interest and appeal to her normal curiosity and make her feel deprived and awaken pride within her spirit. He used words such as, you shall be as gods. Consequently, she took the bait and we know fell and, and Adam also fell that day. And since that eventful day in the garden, mankind has been victim to their own fallen nature. Yep. And since sin entered into Adam and Eve, mankind became guilty before God. But I want to rewind there. What if Eve and Adam, and I say Eve because first, because that was the chronological order, doesn't make that Eve was more wrong than Adam. No, they're both guilty. They're both guilty. In fact, I could argue, just a side note, I could argue that Adam was more wrong than Eve because Adam heard God tell him what he should do. I would support that argument. (laughs) Yes. For all you sisters out there that are listening, see, see, we're very pro- pro-sister. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) But if Adam and Eve would have said no, it would have been all over with. Now, he may have probably got caught later eventually. Who knows? Because he does try to wear you down. I mean, the devil is going to wear you out. Like a nub. Yes. Um, But, you know, as much as we want to blame the devil here, Adam and Eve took the bait. They fell. And it was all based out of pride. The scriptures warn repeatedly of our fallen nature, and it needs a regeneration, as it were. Paul wrote to the church of Ephesus, or rather John wrote to the church in Ephesus, Revelations 2 and 5, he said, Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen, and repent. So Jesus understood that mankind has a weakness in their own character, and that the devil has exploited that throughout the ages, throughout the centuries. Yeah. So the fallen nature of humanity, the devil, it's like, it's like having a time bomb within us, and all he has done is light the fuse, and we allow him to do that. In fact, we can even go a little bit further. We allow him to put the fuse in by tempting us, mm-hmm. and then by 
letting it happen continually with the temptation, he lights the fuse. So because of our fallen humanity, that's the time bomb. Yep. And it's just waiting for us to allow the devil and our fallen self to light that fuse. So again, we use the word intentionality or intentionally. person must intentionally overcome their pride by consistently surrendering to the will of God in prayer and fasting and putting themselves on the altar of repentance, as it were. So one of the things I hear a lot, mm-hmm. especially with my coworkers, because they're not all saved believers, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in their ear a lot, is uh, well, why does why does your God? Because it's always my God. Sure, of course. Uh, why does your God let that happen? Why does your God make it so easy for for these things to just happen? If He wants to save us, what why does why does He give the devil any power? <laughs> well, I mean, then we can get into a big theological discussion because yeah, that's like eight episodes of another series, but. Well, that's that that um, that thing. I would say that that idea, even that that uh, debate point, is from hell itself. Absolutely. And here's why: because you know you can say things and question your thing. You can question and and do these kinds of questions, like if God can do anything, can He make a box bigger than He can lift? Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Just the the silliest things that you're trying to catch somebody. I use this, and I say this, uh, and I think that's applicable to what we're talking about here, is that the Word of God is is not used to debate, True. to debate. It's used to save. Yep. So if somebody is trying to debate you or put you in, get you in that aha moment, you know, it's almost as if they're wanting you to come back. And, and pride will say, well, I'm going to, all right, well, let me zing you one back. Yeah, let's argue then. I would say, this is how I live. You you do whatever you want to do. Be a Christian, I hope. But I just say, well, whenever you actually want to talk, I'll talk to you about it, but I'm not going to go back and forth with you on this. Because really, we can go back and forth. I could say back to you, why does your God allow it to happen? (laughs) Because my God, I know who he is. Do you know who your God is? Because I can tell you, my God is a God of light and love and goodness, and he loves humanity. What does your God do? Well, that's not my God. Well, <laughs> you are worshiping something, sir. But I don't want to zing him back. But yeah. I tell you, it runs all over my mind. Yeah. <laughs> the third thing that pride, let me go on, uh, where it comes from, is a self-exaltation. Yeah. To the believers in Rome, Paul wrote in Romans chapter 12 and 3, he says, for I say, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Some, someone uh, mentioned to uh, a teenager one day, said, you ought to not hold your nose so high because if it drowns, you're going to rain. It's easy for us. <laughs> if it rains, you're going to drown. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah. We don't edit this show, by no, the way. So absolutely, you're, you're, I getting, just, you're getting it as it happens. It's that's almost right. Like a live, feed it's right raw. <laughs> it's, it's raw. We just because we're real people. You're right. Yeah. You know, the human ego loves to be satiated throughout one's lifetime. From the very youngest child, my my almost three year old daughter. She's awesome, by the way. She is second. Um. Thank you. Yeah. I love your kids too. <laughs> um. She's all the time. She needs chocolate milk. <laughs> 
Um, I mean, on it, some level, don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> True. So today's sponsor is <laughs> right. Dean's Chocolate Milk. It's mostly milk. Right. <laughs> and, but really, mostly chocolate. Yes, yes. As any good chocolate milk would be. And so she's learned because she this is her thing now, bro. Uh, when she wakes up in the middle of the night, chocolate milk. I mean, she just she wants that comfort thing, and yeah. it satiates that uh, little echo in her head that she needs chocolate milk. And her mother will go back and forth, <laughs> said, "No, let's try cold water." And there's a fuss there. Yeah. So already in my daughter, which it's in our fallen selves, mm. our self exaltation of I want only that thing that pleases me desires chocolate milk and so as we get older we may not want the the chocolate milk but the proverbial chocolate milk we're always searching for Mm -hmm. that's true and so that's that's why i think the self-exaltation thing of us is that we're always looking for the next thing that will please us or catch our attention and and on some level we're not talking about hobbies and all of that that's interesting and hey god doesn't mean for you to walk around as a clone but we're talking about our flesh and how that is counterculture against our spirit. We have to diminish our flesh and increase in our spirit. So we have to war against that. As heaven is warring against hell. No, heaven's already won the war with hell. Yes. In the perception, heaven and, and hell are in a nip and tuck battle. That's not true. Lucifer is only, he knows he can't, he hasn't won the war. He won't win the war. But the battles that he does, he wins in, in, his, in God's people. And if he can get you as, a, as one of God's people focused on things that will only self-exalt ourselves, that's where he wins. And that's where he's fighting the battle at. He's not fighting on a corporate level. He fights us on an individual level. And he's very active because he doesn't know when Jesus is coming either. Right, right. But he knows his time is short. He, he knows feels, his he time knows is the short. time. He knows yep. the day and the time as we not the day, why, but that's why these spiritual attacks can be so heavy sometimes. I mean, we've got to be a bigger prize than you know someone who doesn't know the revelation that we know. Maybe and maybe that's just me thinking that. But well, the the kingdom is not buildings. It's it's the people. It's the people of yeah. God, and so yes, it's we're the biggest prize, as you said. Yeah. It's all about souls. Yes, and yeah. it's all about um, you know. Oh boy, when people die and they, you know, they didn't wasn't living right, and who are you the judge? Well, okay, well, I guess we can go that back and forth on that. But by and large, we know that hell wasn't created for humanity, and there are people that are going to hell. So let's just agree on that. I think when these people that uh, they aren't living for God, uh, it is a prize that Lucifer, Satan, Slewfoot, gets to use over God because he came to redeem the world, mankind, not not the world and its devices and its buildings and all of the catchings of flesh. It's us. So we're the prize, as you said. And so... Children, teens, adults alike, we all experience things or tempted with things that cause us to make decisions, whether it's heaven or hell, God or the devil. I mean, there is a positive reaction on everything or a negative reaction, I should say, too. And so we got to make the right decision. And so we experience things that 
tend to grow us in a self-esteem position. And that's good to have good, healthy self-esteem. But we're talking about, with regards to ambition, we're talking about exaltation. It becomes a problem because if it's unchecked and it becomes overblown, then it's a problem to where it's not self-worth any longer, but it becomes the seeds of disrespect, disobedience, and rebellion towards God. Because then we think that we're the ones that got us to that place when it's been the providence of God. That is dangerous. Yes, and so what we have, and the first things that when I pray in the morning, thank you, God, for waking me up this morning. Absolutely. Thank you for another day. Thank you, God, for giving me my family, my the church that I pastor, my friends, and all the wherewithal I live. God, you gave it to me. I didn't get it myself. Did I work at a job and go spend the money? Sure, but it's God that gave me the job. And so it really is, again, again, it's an intentional perspective that we need to graft onto us that is God who sets up and he puts down. So I don't want unchecked ambition and an overblown sense of self-worth because I don't want to think that I don't need God. I can do this all by myself. Glenn Campbell, I believe it was, or Tom T. Hall, one of those old... Old country singers used to sing a song. Me and Jesus got our own thing going. We don't need anybody to tell us what it's all about. That's so, so wrong on many levels because we think that it's just, well, it's me and Jesus. It's nobody else. And and that belies something that's in us that we're able to get us where we're at. It is by the goodness of God that we have been led to repentance according to the word. Jesus presented a parable concerning the differences between between the prayers of the Pharisees mm. and the righteous. Yeah, uh, and well, in fact, it was it's called the the parable of the the Pharisee and the publican. Luke eighteen and nine, he directed the parable and he said, "Certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others." The Pharisee was of the opinion that he was superior to the publican. Because the Pharisees smugly prayed, God, I thank thee that I'm not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, and even as this publican, Luke 18 and 11. Jesus contrasted that spirit of the Pharisee with that of the publican by giving a concise overview of what he prayed, the publican's prayer. Luke 18 and 13 says, and the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Jesus concluded in verse 14 of Luke 18, he said, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. So there it is. You want to lift yourself up and self-exaltation? Well, then you're going to be abased. You're going to have your knees cut out from under you. because, And people love to see you fall. Don't get it twisted. Uh, and the devil wants to see you fall. So we've just spent, I don't know, 20 minutes or so talking about uh, the enemy of humility and pride. We've got three places from where it generates from. It comes from the pride comes from the Satan. It comes from our fallen nature, and it comes 
from uh, our self-exaltation. I think that's a lot of stuff that we've talked about. I kind of feel like that maybe we can keep talking about this, but I don't know if this podcast can be filled with it. In fact, we'd <laughs> go for another hour. So yeah, let's let him. Let's let that marinate. Shall yeah, let's we? let it marinate. Thank you. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for this study today. I pray this was a blessing for you, and that you'll join us as we continue to study God's word. You can find this and all our episodes at pohpodcast.com along with links to your favorite streaming platforms. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe and enable notifications so you don't miss a single episode. If you have any questions or comments, please email them to pohcontent at gmail.com and we'll respond. Thank you, Pastor, for leading us today, and thank you all for listening.